Progressive Metal has a new team in its corner. Mark Anthony Rossi and John Patrick Robbins are music critics of a mighty but misunderstood rock genre. Walk with us into the metal future. Hi folks and welcome back to Metal Future. This will be episode number 66. Now this is a little different than we normally do things, uh, whether it's on the Strength of the Human Show or or Metal Future. We have an interview with uh, Chris Bishop from from Crobot, but I I didn't realize when I took on the assignment that he he was in the interview loop, and it's like 20 minutes for each one, so I really can't put out a podcast for 20 minutes. So we'll talk a little bit about metal and some of the direction it's going, some of the things that are happening uh, in, in, in the current scene, and then we'll go right over into the interview. This way we can complete a, a show. I guess I have to be a little bit more careful in the future than to not catch people in the loops because that means i got to add more more material into it. I, you, know, you can't put out a show when you're on a network for 20 minutes. you got to at least have a half an hour at least. And I, I try to normally go around 40 minutes. So, But, hey, it, it's, it's a challenge. It, it's different. It, it was well worth doing. I'm glad I was able to get included in that. So I'm not complaining. It's just from a production standpoint, it means you got a little extra work. i got to put stuff together, you know, to, to make it to make all this happen and, and make it to be a, a real worth time for everyone who's who's listening just as much as, as me who's who's doing it and 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 ultimately splicing it and putting it together. So let us talk about what I, what I often call the uh, the graying of of metal. Uh, you, you see this all the time now. You got the Scorpions want to retire. If they haven't really retired already. We already have Motley Crue actually retire completely. I might is still out there, but, you know, how many years do you think they might have left? I mean, he, um, God bless Bruce Dickerson, just come off that throat cancer. He, he's out there singing again, but again, you know, I mean, look, you have a health jeopardy like that. You, you, you get out there, you do some tours, you make some money, but, you know, I, I can't see that he's going to want to do this uh, for another 10 years. You know, nothing against metal. I love metal, but, you know, you're talking about with people who are in their 60s and 70s in, in some cases. You got Tony Iommi in his 70s. Literally dealing with all kinds of uh, of health uh, issues, and uh, who knows when he's coming back strong. Ozzy, this, this the very same way, and and of course we lost a, a number as well over the last even seven or eight years. You know, from Dio down to uh, Chris Cornell, whether it be cancer or suicide, you know it it takes people just the same, and we don't have them any longer to know what else they're going to do next and what direction they might bring uh, their their particular uh, genre. I am happy to say, though, especially as listening to Crobot, that metal continues to to evolve in, into different states that uh, make it make it still interesting and essential, and maybe even something that can be commercially viable on the radio. You don't have to be pop like to still have a a, a crunch and, and a hit and a grind and and, and wonderful guitar work and, and really passionate singing. That's what Crobot did on on that particular album. So I really can't. Can't complain for what they've done and in the direction they want because it, it's different than what they were in the past. You know, it's probably less straightforward, heavy, and, and, and more like uh, uh, like a, a funky uh, metal uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's something like that. And it's just really interesting what they did. The videos are really uh, really fun. Uh, the guitar work is, is is really is spectacular for for uh, for a man, Chris Bishop, to do this. You know, to come off of straight uh, hard metal and, and go into this kind of, uh, you know, direction, 
I mean, it, it can't be easy. It, it's def, it definitely has to be something that, that, that's, that's so inspiring to all of us to, to be able to hear that because it transforms, you know, the band into something that can now go in another direction. It's sort of like it, it fills another palette in, you know, in the color, in the color fest of, of, of a canvas. That, that's what it does. So you have on stage there, you can go with your old hardcore songs. And they have a few on this album as well. Uh, you can go the, with the funkier ones. You can go with the, the slower tempo ones. You can go the ones that just blaze. And, and, and it allows you to give a, a real great variety rather than just simply... And, and, and I'm not mocking other bands, but you got some bands that I, I promise you they could get out there, whether they're headlining or whether they're opening up for somebody. They could put out seven, eight, ten songs, and every one of them are like the same speed and almost the 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 the, the same the same tone to them. I mean, blah, 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 every single one. I mean, after a while, I mean, how much can you continue to do that? Where is the where is the separation to that? Where's the where's the break for the audience or and or for the ears or even just for the the, the players themselves? So I I definitely support people who want to get more various uh, what they're doing and want to get more diverse and want to try to add different elements it doesn't water down anything and then anyone who says otherwise that you know they're being ignorant because metal is still going to stay metal it's just that it's going to have it's going to have different audiences sometimes based on on the kind of material they can get put out who says you're supposed to stay the same way you did the last album which could have been two or three years or so in some cases even longer for some bands Lots of stuff happens in those years, folks. It's not like people just stay frozen in time for you. You know what I mean? They get married. They have kids. You know what I mean? They get ill. They do this. They do that. You know, I know some bands have taken off so long that people started other careers. Became teachers and instructors. And uh, one guy became a fireman. <laughs> you know? Don't tell me that doesn't have a life-changing effect on you because it does. You know, one, one moment you're a bass player. Next minute you're a fire player. Fire... Uh, Fighter, you know, saving people's lives, and then they're, they're calling you back. We're ready to cut another album. Oh, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> this one is actually paying my bills over here, this job, okay? And, and and that's how folks have to look at things. So it definitely changes, I think, the way they see and the way they hear things and, and what they what they put out. And life changes are, are very important. And in this case, and, and, and I dare say without, without sounding uh, strange, uh, that this new direction for, for Crowbot is... I wouldn't want to say mature because I that that that, that kind of sounds condescending, but I would I would say that melodically they had gotten to a place that they wasn't before, and and, and really it has like a strange seventies uh, iron butterfly type of Chili Peppers funkiness to it, and, and many of the songs that just bring it to a, a an entirely different place. I mean, if you don't know. Their material from the from the recent past. I mean, you, you, there be there be cases with these songs that you're just not even sure it's the same band. I mean, that's that's how much of a fundamental change it is. And I find in this particular instance, it's definitely for the for for the best. Hopefully, uh, it allows them to reach uh, other audiences and and you know and other other points in their career because that's really what these folks want to do. You know, folks, the the, the medical uh, metal world or just the music world in, in, in general. Is not um, not like it was in the in the in the eighties and, and and even the nineties. There is so much now that bands have to do themselves, oftentimes in order to be able to cut costs or or maybe to even get more of an appeal with a record company. Oftentimes they have their own mobile track systems or they have their own mini studios in their in their homes 
or, or, or they know somebody they can they can rent some decent time to at a studio, but they have a lot more to do, and they have a lot more that they can do. They just simply know a lot more. That makes for an easier production in many cases, makes for well, well-rounded ideas and, and, and more developed songs. But it's a complete change of pace. You know, where in the past, you know, you had bands that literally be practically living in the studio for four or five months, you know, eating pizza, drinking some beer, you know, scratching stuff on some lined paper, coming in there with this half ideas if they had any at all. You know, and, and, and you know, you, you had companies that put up with that and paid for all that. They don't do that sort of these things these days. Uh, I mean, even the, even a very large band, they're not putting out six months worth of massive amounts of money and videos and stuff, you know, for you just to sit around. You, they expect you to be, you know, if, if not completely prepared, pretty darn close to it. I mean, that's just the way it is. And for a, somewhat, for a smaller band, the ones that are up and coming, are the, all the ones that, you know, want to go somewhere, this is really uh, essentially what they have to do. It's, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's completely a do-it-yourself situation, but it's really close to that situation, no doubt about it. I mean, they come in and they know, you know, they know their tracks, they know the bass lines, they already have a good idea of their lyrics, they, they know generally what they want to do. And that's real important because the more you know what you're doing, the better uh, you can cut that record quicker and, and keep the cost and, and the expense down and all that's there. You might have a company that says, yeah, I got a studio for you. Uh, we're, we're paid for three weeks. Can you get this done in three weeks? You know, some can, some can't. <laughs> this depends on what you're prepared for and what, you, what, what you've done already, how much you've done you know, with, with the project that you're talking about. But there's those days of, you know, um, yeah, we're going to give you like five months of, uh, you know, free everything and you know, just go in and figure it out. Those days are gone for everybody. I don't care who you are. You're kissing. You can't even get that. So, you I mean think about it. You're one of the biggest bands in the world. Kiss. You can't even. You can't even go on a tour unless you have a couple groups with you. People just won't put the kind of money out anymore. They they don't want to go out there for one band. No matter who you are, I'm telling you. I, I honestly think that the only band, well, there's probably two. The only band right now that's still together that could probably do something, meaning that they don't have to have anybody. Uh, you know, accompanying them. It's just them themselves. It's probably the Rolling Stones. They're probably the only one right now that can get away with not having somebody else open up for them or one or two people. If Led Zeppelin ever got to bed, they, and I doubt they ever will because I really don't think that Robert Plant wants to sing that anymore, and I really don't even know if vocally he can. He's an older fellow right now. Why would he want to go on screaming and hollering like a like a, like a a nut job, you know, uh, you know, hungry for some girls when he's in his 20s? So those years are gone. You guys like a grandfather, okay? But they, secondly, would probably be the only band that I know of that wouldn't need headliners. If they ever got together, it'd just be, I'm going to see Led Zeppelin, man. $250 tickets, and I'm still in the back. That's how it would be. No doubt. But everybody else, it's just not possible anymore. You know, they try to go on these little mini tours with four, five, six bands. You know? You think about it. I mean, I don't care how much you pack that stadium... You know, once you pay off the agents and the stadium and the, all, the, all the costs and the transportation and all the other bands' cuts, I mean, how much money are you making? Yeah, I mean, you're getting like $65 in a pint of potato salad. You know, you ain't getting a whole lot. And this is usually how bands make their money now because they're not selling records like they used to. And when they do sell records, it's still not getting a lot of money. Remember, records are a lot like books. You're getting like 5 10 15%. Unless you're giant acts, you know, like U2 or Metallica. 
Janet Jackson, I know she's not metal, but these are the examples of bands that in the past got a big amount of money up front because they expect them to put a number of albums out to make that money back and more. Those bands did that. Even those contracts are not around anymore. They're just not. Just few can, can really sell these things anymore with downloads and everything else. So the music industry, folks, has really changed in, in a dramatic way. And I'm not even sure it's always for the best. I, I'm really not sure about that. You know, I'm, I'm always somebody that wants to think about and wants to give chance to some technology and, and to new things of, of, of doing. And, of course, just to, just to progress. Sometimes you can't stop it. But, you know, compared to all the other industries, I wonder how much music has been hurt by this. I really have. How many bands that just can't do it. They can't. I mean, because your commitment now to a band, I mean, it has to be greater than it ever was in the past. It, it just, you know... You, you can't do what they used to do in the past, which was like, you know, um, you cut a record with them. It's going to do well enough. You could stay home and drink and act like a fool and get your loyalty checks. You didn't have to go on tour and make more money because you're getting that. It doesn't have, that doesn't exist anymore. Nobody's getting any real loyalty checks. If you're not on tour with the band, you're not making any money. You don't have an income. You don't have a career. You're just a dude that plays something <laughs> or a girl that plays something. That That's it. So that's that's the kind of commitment you have. So when you, when you have bands out there, especially if they, you know, if they put an album that that people are taking notice of, and, and maybe a couple of really decent groups want them to come along, and it's a chance for them to really get exposed and, you know, make a few dollars for themselves. I mean, they got to make sure everybody's in it, in it to win it, like the lottery. You know, I mean, you got to be in it. It's no joke. Can't be hearing this some. Stuff of the bass player. Yeah, my ankle's not cool, and I'm not sure if my baby mama's going to let me. And that, that stuff is gone. I mean, you're in this or you're not. It's like the mafia almost. You know, they don't, they don't play around. They can't. You just can't have that. Because if you get a big break, you got to be rolling out there. There's no excuses. There's no anything. Because I guarantee you, if you don't take that slot, there's 300 bands that, just, that would kill for it. And they don't have those excuses. So that, that's how serious it's changed. And we got to remember that as fans. All the stuff that's gone on and how it really has. But I still like to look to the future about what can still come up and and what bands I, I, I still like to see uh, do do more. You know, I like to see Dream Theater put out a few more, uh, you know, albums before they go their, their separate way one day. I mean, I really wish that Rush didn't retire. I really would have preferred a few more from them as well. You know, I'm not that old, so I, I feel like I... You know, I'd like to hear another 20 years of this stuff at easily, you know. But um, I like to definitely think that the, the future is going to still hold something bright for metal and it's still going to be moving forward because I see and I hear a lot and I know I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely uh, excited about what, what, I, what I've heard so far. And I'm glad that some of the older bands still have a little bit of, of you know, a punch left in them to, to be able to do something. I, it's still encouraging to see Iron Man out there, okay? They're one of the bands that I've seen twice in my life, and they simply did not disappoint. And they're also, strangely enough, they're one of those bands, too, that they have a deep catalog. They don't have to sing the same songs every night if they don't want to. They don't have to sing the hits or whatever that's supposed to mean. They can keep doing something different all the time, and people will still be excited. I know I was. I heard them in two different times, two different concerts, and I'm telling you, other than I think The Trooper... And uh, Two Minutes of Midnight. I think those are the only two songs that I was able to hear the same on both concerts. But I swear all the other stuff was just different. They were able to really move around the stuff. It probably keeps them from getting bored. 
And, of course, it probably also keeps everything fresh for them so they can stay fresh because, you know, you do the same set over and over and over again for a bunch of different concerts. That kind of gets old after a while. I heard um, I heard Motley Crue did that for a while, and, and it presented some issues. You know, I when I saw them, they were fantastic, though. It was rat that gave me a problem back in that day because they were drunk and, you know, acting silly. But that, that'll be for definitely for another another time on that one. But, um... I'm I'm excited for the future from what I would have heard so far. So I still think that with the technological changes, which I was saying before, don't always always help us, that we we still have a great future. And I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited by the by this band, uh, uh, Crowbot, and what they, what they what they've done. And I want to see uh, more of these bands do these sort of things, try to make some changes. I don't really think that it's absolutely necessary to make a change because. You know, if you do the same stuff as before, people are not going to like you or they're going to get bored with you. Because I don't really think that happens because if you have a decent following, they're going to stay with you, okay? They really are. But who says you can't do a little bit different and, and, and experiment a little bit? It, it doesn't hurt to do so. So I definitely want to hear a, a lot more of that. All right, so we're going to go on now to the uh, to the interview. This will be with uh, Chris Bishop, okay? And Chris Bishop... Is the lead guitarist for Crowbot, all right? And it's, I, I, I really loved the interview. I, I, I felt that he really nailed the, the, the questions. He, his answers made made great amount of sense to me. And he's an extremely articulate fellow. He knew what he was doing, what the what the plan was, and and it's exciting to hear something like that. It really is because it's not easy to interview somebody that you know you you got to like use pliers to pull things out of them. This guy. You know, intelligent, easy flow, a talented fellow. Love to talk to him in a longer format one day. But, you know, I'm telling you, it was definitely worth my 20 minutes and it'll it'll be worth yours. Okay, we'll get on to that and, and I hope you enjoy that. God bless. <laughs> well, I got to I got to listen to it last night because I, I only got it yesterday. Cool. And uh, and I, I put the review up on our site, so it, it, it's out there now. So Beautiful. People starting to, to, to read it and, and, and check it out. Cool, dude. You're, you're, you're the guitarist, right? Yeah, I play guitar and uh, some backup vocals. But Well, that's that's excellent. I uh, I really I really like the, the, the new direction, because that's all I can really call it, because normally... Um, you didn't have this sort of this sort of funk before, and it, it really is to me. It's transformed the entire band, and this this album is a, it's just a to me it's just a big hit. Thanks, man. It was one of those things where uh, we just wanted to do to do something a little bit different, um, and at least try something that sounded a little bit different. You know, on every every aspect of the songwriting is all the way down to like production. Like this record sounds so much different from all the other records and you know it, it was sort of like a gamble you're not a gamble it was just it's always sort of uncomfortable when you do something different you know you just never really know how it's going to come out you know you're it's not the safe thing to do so and, that, and that's fine like man i i i i totally love it and but i, I happen to think that anytime anything you do out there in the marketplace is a gamble because you could have just done the send the standard stuff you've done before. You don't really know how that's going to be, you know, received. So why not, you know, change? I tell writers all the time. I mean, why yeah. not go outside of what you normally do? Because 
if you don't really feel like you've gotten a receptive audience before, what the heck do you have to lose? Right. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I think that we, we retained enough of what Crowbot has always been to where we will always have those fans, but we, we, uh, you know, what made things a little catchier, you know, made, made some of the choruses a little bit bigger and, you know, a little bit more memorable as opposed to just riffing, riffing guitars through every section <laughs> of the song, which oh, don't no. get me wrong. I love doing that, but sometimes it's better for like a vocal to, to take the, take the lead. Yeah. And, and that, that's to me that that shows a, a, a maturity in the band that they start realizing uh, song structure has a real place and and sometimes they they have to follow the lead to that rather than just you know blazing across the universe like you know like like ingve and it's like can i breathe a moment here god bless you but can i breathe <laughs> yeah and that's that's a good point you know like it's definitely uh important for the songs you know that you sort of write to the song and not to the player like of course it's you know when when we were just playing shows constantly and constantly and it was more about just like it feel you know just riffing it live and you know it being fun to play live and stuff like that and granted these songs are too but we never because of that we never left room for the vocals you know we, we never really left the room that brandon needed and the space for him to actually sing like he can like he can you know that's so, that's, that's just great for those who might join us a little later, this is Metal Future, your host, uh, Mark Anthony Rossi, and I got the pleasure to have Chris Bishop, uh, lead guitarist uh, for the band Crowbot, and their, their upcoming album, uh, Mother Brain. Yeah. I, I, I also like the title, because as somebody who's also a writer, I'm always saying to, to bands and to writers, oftentimes the title is essential to get somebody in the door. So... It doesn't matter if you have a brilliant album or a brilliant poem or a brilliant novel if your title sucks because people could literally <laughs> walk away before they've given you that chance. You have yeah. to give them a chance, give them a reason to walk in the door. So Mother Brain, yeah, a lot more interesting than Motherboard. I like it. Right. I think um, you know we, we did an interview uh, a few weeks ago, and someone would ask, ask he's like, did the, did the name come from – all these diff, all your different influences, and we we were like, well, what do you mean? They were like, well, funkadelic, maggot brain, you know, uh, Frank Zappa, you know, th like there's a lot of old school references to things that we love that we didn't even realize, you know, that's why we love that name so much, you know, um, and it it really doesn't mean much of anything as opposed to like, I mean, it goes in the storyline of the comics that Brandon has, like the mother brain is like a, it's like a um, hive type planet that controls other uh, planets or other uh, drones and stuff. But it's, it's really just, it was started as a song that we wrote that didn't make the record. And we loved the, the we loved the, name so much we knew that's what we wanted to call the record but the song didn't make it so we ended up putting the mother brain lyric into the into blackout which was a song that you know is on the record so yes. at least it makes a little bit of sense for it to be called mother brain uh, i really i really like it a lot i think it's uh because I, I said in my review, it, it had a, a, a 70s uh, kind of funk background in, in, in a lot of the songs. 
So why not have uh, some kind of throwback title as well? Because that's what I think when I think of Mother Brain. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking something that just came out after Woodstock when we're just yeah. trying to get into, you know, um, the heavier the heavier sounds out there, and and was moving away from funk and and, and something more straight ahead like Black Sabbath. Yeah, I mean that's definitely what we've always tried to do is be like the perfect mix of Black Sabbath and Funkadelic, you know, like have the weirdness and the groove of Funkadelic with the heaviness of Black Sabbath, you know. Blackadelic. <laughs> like yeah, that. nice. <laughs> pretty cool. That is, that is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I know we don't have the the singer with us right now, but I, I found uh, that. I don't know if he, he reached someplace deep down inside or, or, or something, but it, I, I've noticed over the years of reviewing and listening to albums that for a guitarist, uh, especially a talented one like you, to change to change course isn't as difficult as a vocalist changing course because there's so much physicality and, and also a psychological and emotional going on over there. I mean, he just sounds like another singer. Yeah, I think... Um, that was from the years of us, of everyone telling us that, you know, you don't have to sing all high time. Everyone was always telling him that. And Brain's got a giant range, but, you know, we always wrote ripping songs to where, you know, that was always the coolest thing to do was just like do a soaring Dio-esque vocal over it, you know. But um, this record, we definitely, Brandon wanted to sing in his lower register more. And I think by doing that, it it le- allows to, you to build songs better, um, and just it, it makes those big soaring notes when they happen. The last chorus just be much more impactful. So you know, ten years from now, we'll, we might look back and be like, "Wow, why are you singing so low?" Or like, <laughs> "We really we really overdid it." You know, but at this point, we just want, you know, that's what we wanted to show. Like, you know, he can fucking sing however you want him to because he's just that good. Brandon is one of the most talented people I've ever met. So it's it it was cool to see him be able to just like like an alpha dog. He sings so low in the verses. It sounds like Frank Zappa. You know, it's just like I I love it because it's so weird. You know? Yeah, I I really I really. uh uh, catching it on, on this one because I said to myself, especially after I watched the videos, because I heard it for a few times before I actually watched the video. I'm like, wow, he couldn't even have done the video from Low Life if he was doing the other type of singing. It just wouldn't come across. Uh, and I don't mean just in a catchy way, but just in a, in a way that you can feel like you can follow the song. Like when he went from room to room into the bands, you could just follow it there, which is not so easy to do when you're you know, when you're screaming until your head's coming off. Right. So, Which that's always it's cool to do that, but a lot of times it it makes the song suffer a little bit in certain certain situations. Yeah, and and, and I agree. And so I'm I mean I'm certainly not trying to apply one way or the other because if you do an entire concert, I'm thinking he's going to be doing songs from the past that do that just as much as this stuff, and then that's a, right. really a good that's a good mix, and that's fine. But if you were going to stay within the spirit of what you're doing in this album, I mean, it just works out perfectly, everything he's done. But you also have a lot of straight, uh, you know, head uh, hard rockers in this thing, too. Not everything is funk. Yeah, for sure. There's there's definitely a good mix. And we've always tried to sort of do that from record to record. But 
we would consciously go in and say, well, we've got five songs that are heavier and then we have five songs that are funkier, you know? Um, this one, I feel like there was, it was just a different type of heavy. Like, yeah, th there's a lot of heavy songs on there, but it, they still have like a, a groovy bounce to them, which, so it's sort of like just really heavy funk, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of weird. I just, just, I just really love it because I was hoping when he had sent it to me, you know, that uh, it, it would have some kind of a, a new thing to put my hat on, so to speak, because just from a review standpoint, you, you want something, you want something new. Um, God, I, I don't want to sound negative, but sometimes even when you come across a band that has a, any kind of a lineup change, that's something additional that you can explore, you know, that you wasn't able to do before. So I, I, you always pray you get something that's exciting and new. And like I mentioned in the review, oftentimes for a reviewer, I mean, I, I do literally hundreds of these, that first few minutes can tell you right away where this album is, is going. Because some albums, I mean, it takes three, four, five songs to warm up to where you know where they, they want to go. This one, I mean, I could just tell right away. And I, that, that just felt, oh, great, this is going to be a hit. Yeah, we, you know, we, we got to explore all ends of the spectrum a little bit more on this record um you know because we did have a couple lineup changes and we it was it was much easier and more open of a book to be able to be like hey let's let's try something completely different and let's let's try something a million times heavier you know like the song drown um that that song came together um, really quick, and it was because our drummer is just such a technical, you know, metal metal drummer that he just made that song so heavy. It's like probably some of the the heaviest riffs we've ever written, and that's the third song on the record, and that's probably one of our our fan favorites when we play it live. Yeah, I mentioned I mentioned it in the review, and I even mentioned uh, some of the work he was doing because I was uh, I was definitely impressed because that's that's one of the things that happens though when you change this this whole funky style and, and you got your your vocalist getting more passionate than he's done before and you got the guitarist going this different direction. Well, now you got You got to have this bass player and, and this drummer now also change what they're doing because. It, it doesn't work then. You, you're, you're going in two different directions. And, you know, he fairly follows suit nicely. And that's just real testament of, of the musicianship and the teamwork of your band. Yeah, I mean, the guy, we all worked so hard on this record. Um, you know, even in the demo process, like <clears throat> our our drummers from uh, Austin, Texas, are living there. And, I, you know, for the most part, um, I, I was in Austin a little bit and then I moved to back to Pennsylvania. So it would be me and Brandon writing some songs together and then we would record them on, on the computer and just send them, send them to Dan and Dan would, uh, I would have like drum ideas on there already and I would send him versions without them and he would go into his home studio and play drums right on, along with it and send them right back in a day. And so we would have, almost full full production demos with real drums on it and it it was real quick we saw the direction that uh dan was going to push us in um as much much more technical and precise and a heavy just a much heavier drummer and uh that was 
that was exciting. Well, I, I always find it exciting now more than, than in, the, in the past where a, a band would literally be locked in a dungeon for six months in some studio and some gigantic expensive production and no one knows what's going to happen. Where yeah. now the, the musicians can take so much of the ownership and responsibility of what they're doing that oftentimes when they go into the studio, I mean, they got things done already or they have a strong direction or they already have parts put out. It, it's just amazing what can be done right now. And I hear more and more of the stories like you're talking about. Yeah, we well, we, we did both. Like going into this record, we had a, a couple years of writing that we had, we had done. So we had close to 100 songs, if not more, going into it. And uh, wow. we, we picked our favorite ones. And then we also just left a couple slots open with Corey just to say, hey, man, let's just do something new, too. Because, like, you always want to leave leave that uh, room for just creativeness. Like, because sometimes things just come and they're awesome. And when everyone's excited, it's like a train that's leaving the station. And you're just constantly trying to keep on that train with everyone's excitement and creativity and it was like that with Corey. So, you know, Blackout, that was a song we wrote in the studio. I, you know, one of my favorite songs on the record. And that was just something that we wrote with Corey spur of the moment because we were just having fun and it, everything was working really well. So, you know, there's our, you know, on the other side of that, there are songs that we wrote that will never see the light of day because, <laughs> of, you know, that we love that didn't make the record. You know, maybe maybe they'll rear if they're that good, they'll rear their head on the next record. But the way it works, the the way I work anyway, is that I always outwrite myself. You know, I always write something better that I'm more excited about. Maybe because it's new, or maybe that song led me to this one. So I'm just constantly writing. So we'll we'll see what happens to those songs. Well, I appreciate that that explanation in the, in the creative process. I'm always interested and curious about that. I really think that listeners, they want to hear about that too because it often helps get them excited about what they're, what they're listening in or maybe just trying to understand why the changes you felt were, were necessary. Because you know how sometimes fans can get, they can get stuck in a place where they love you and then the moment you step out of, of that line, you know, they're, they're passing out. And in this yeah. case, you guys don't have to do that, meaning the, the fans, because the changes that they made and the direction they're going, it's not like they're, you know, they could just become Duran Duran here, okay? It's yeah. Just, it's fun, it's exciting, it's funky, it has a little bit of throwback, maybe even a throwback before you were born. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, I, you know, and that's the thing, like, we, we could make whatever record, you know, at this point, and like 10 years from now, we may look back and be like, Oh, that was stupid. Why'd we do that? It's like, well, regardless, then you know the next record will be different from this one, you know, in in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I think that as long as as long as you like it, uh, you know, and as long as that like the band believes in it and has the gut feeling that it's good, then it's good, you know, because you're very similar to your fans, whether you you know if you re you know consciously realize it or not, like you have common interests and like the same shit so if you feel good about it then more than likely you're, you're all, the fans will feel good about it too well that that's that that's a great statement and i happen to think it's an, an entirely true 
you guys are really blessed because you, you're on Mascot Records. And I tell you, when I talked to Steve over there a few months back, he's like, I'm going into new directions. Even if you heard this band before, you're not going to believe the stuff that we're going to put out. And I'm like, I hear this a lot, Steve, but I'll be happy to check out whatever you have. So he, he sends me an Ingve record. I'm like, you know, I'm expecting that my ears to melt and demons to fly out of the dungeon over here. Yeah. And it's like jazz blues. I'm like, oh, my God, he's not joking around. It was great. We reviewed it. We loved it. Something you just don't expect. And maybe that's what, what he's doing is what you don't expect. But he's serious about that. And there's not too many people out there that are serious about going in, in, in new ways. And he's, I, that, that guy's great. And you guys are just really blessed to be with him. Yeah, yeah. I would love to meet that guy. He seems like a, a riot. I would love to just hang out with him for a day. <laughs> I mean, he just really is serious about recruiting and trying to get the, the most interesting players, especially ones that want to do something in the marketplace and, and you know, they want to go out and, and do something that may be different. Maybe it's a more mature than they've done in the past. Maybe it's just something more ready for the market that wasn't ready in the, in, you know, in, in the past. But yeah. that guy is ready, and he, he doesn't play around. And, and as I'm excited to get anything from those folks. It's always interesting, and it's always uh, to me, fresh, and that, that's what you guys are on this record. It's just, it's just so fresh that you just haven't heard this sort of combination before, and, and that's what makes me very excited about this this album, Crowbot uh, Mother Brain. Amazing. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. It's nice to hear. All right, man. You take good care, and uh, definitely gonna want to hear more from you guys. Um, uh, and they got two videos out as well, folks. Uh, so check out the the site. They're on. They're on Mascot Records. Uh, it's Crowbot, uh, Mother Brain. And I'm just talking with the elite guitarist, uh, Chris Bishop. You're a real gentleman. Take care of that dog, and God bless. <laughs> Thanks, man. Have a good day, buddy. You too. Don't forget to follow the show. Leave your comments and click over to our site, metal-future.com, for the latest metal album reviews.